Welcome to the Battle Cry Podcast with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Hey everyone, Mark Meckler here. Welcome to the Sunday Night Battle Cry, and I'm excited this week. As always, the land is consumed by darkness, but there's a lot of light out there. And I spent the week somewhere that was filled with light, so I want to tell you all about it. But first, I want to remind you that one of the things that we have to do as people of light, people who want to spread light, people who are positive, is we have to consume good culture. We have to support good culture. And there is a ton of it out there right now. I know a lot of you probably started watching The Chosen a while ago. That's great culture. And it's done in a pay it forward method. You can donate money and that allows other people to watch it. New episodes to be filmed. So I'd encourage you to support stuff like The Chosen. But I got to tell you, this week I saw a lot more of it. So first item is about NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters Conference. And probably most of you, if you're like me a couple of years ago, I've never heard of that. And what it is, it's a conference where folks who are in the Christian broadcasting space, the religious broadcasting space, get together for a few days during a week and show off everything that's going on in Christian culture right now, in Judeo-Christian culture, I would say. I'm going to tell you something very specific about that. So this was held in Orlando. I went last year for the first time. It was super fun and exciting. Got to see things like Chosen, all the other offerings from Angel Studios, and there's a lot from Angel Studios. Those guys are leading the way out of Provo, Utah. But what I saw this year was magnitudes different than what I saw last year. Last year was fantastic. This year was supernova fantastic. What I saw there literally was Judeo-Christian culture, like a supernova collapsing in on itself for a week. It was so bright, you couldn't even look around. There's so many offerings. Last year it was kind of like, yep, we got to watch every all of the episodes of The Chosen, and Patty and I have done that, and we've watched them multiple times, and we've shared them with other people. This year, as you walked around the exhibit hall, as you just saw the banners hanging out in the hallways out in front of the events in Orlando, what you saw was so much Judeo-Christian culture, so much positive stuff, so much values-based stuff of a very high level, production quality, writing, directing, acting, funding, all of it at such a high level. My thought was... How am I even going to watch all of this stuff? And at night when I retired to my hotel room, what I saw was on the television in the hotel, a lot of this culture, previews of this culture, and it was fantastic. I watched a movie that I'm going to recommend very highly called Testament. It's out of the UK. It's promoted by Angel Studios. Testament is the modern day version of the apostles and the parables. Really incredible. It's, it takes place in modern day England, and it, you meet the cast of characters and wouldn't be just surprised by who it was. It's Luke and Matthew and Mark and John and Peter. And But they're in modern-day UK, modern-day England. They're being pursued by essentially what are the secret police, the temple police. They're spreading the gospel. But again, it takes place in what looks like today's England. It's really incredible. It's exciting. The writing is good. There's a lot of action. But it's what it's like to be a Christian persecuted, maybe slightly higher level than we see in the West right now, but something that you could find very believable. And I got to tell you, it's compelling. I think they're trying to make it into a series. If you like it, I loved it. Lots of stuff. I, the other thing that I thought was so cool about what went on at NRB this year, again, National Religious Broadcasters, is that a lot of the broadcasters that were there are not specifically religious. Real America's Voice was there. OAN was there. 
a lot of others, new shows, Victory TV, which is specifically faith-based, but really are news programs, a lot of news programs, all of those people were there. Fox was there, again, not, I know, I know, Fox, but this is a woman who reports on religious matters for Fox, so don't hit on her hard because she's doing her job and still spreading what you and I would want her to spread there. I interviewed, I probably did, I can't even count the number of interviews, 25 interviews. Uh, so all day long, kind of back to back, running from interview to interview. But the main takeaway that I want you to get out of NRB, out of the National Religious Broadcasters, is that there's hope, there's good culture, there's good media, and it's going to be out there. You're going to have to seek it out. You're going to have to support it. And we're going to have to stop supporting the bad and start supporting the good. One last thing I want to say about NRB, and I don't mean it to be a postscript, this is one of the most important things I saw last year we started to see and it was fronted by our PR team. Uh, it's Gideon 300 is the name of the company and the name of the PR company. And it's run by my great friend, very good friend, Matthew Faraci and his team, wonderful people. Matt is an Orthodox Jew and he believes, and I believe that we're going to have to see Jews and Christians working together, integrated side by side in this fight to save not only America, but save the world, save Israel. This is fundamentally important. So last year, that sort of integration began. Uh, and this year, it was tenfold. It was incredible. Lots of people came over from Israel who become close friends of ours. Rabbi Tuli from Israel 365 brought 20 members of his staff. This is his passion in life, getting Jews and Christians, Americans and Israelis to work side by side. I met and made friends with a new company, friends from a company called Holy Gems. That's holy-gems.com. These guys have discovered precious gems in the Holy Land. By the way, they weren't supposed to exist. According to the geologists, they didn't exist. But according to Christian teaching, according to Jewish teaching in the Old Testament, there are Jews, there are jewels in the Holy Land, and they've found them. I actually bought a piece for Patty because I just couldn't resist. No, they didn't pay me to do this, but if you go to holy-gems.com, you'll hear their story. It's an incredible story, and they're now the only gem uh, miners, gem jewelers selling gems certified to be from the Holy Land. So I bought one for Patty. I just couldn't resist. She had to stay home with a little bit of ankle surgery. So uh, again, I think this is an incredible thing when you see Jews and Christians working together of course, most of you know, I'm actually a Jewish Christian, so I'm the perfect guy to be right in the center of that mess, right? So anyway, great, great week at NRB, super excited about that and what that means for what's coming up. Now let's go to the normal news, which is, you know, usually dark. So we're going to start with what's going on here in Texas. And I know a lot of you might think you're not from Texas, you don't really care what's going on in Texas, but you should care. I am from Texas. Here's what's going on in Texas, and it's really bad. Our legislature should be one of the most conservative in the country. It's not. I just saw a ranking. I don't know if this is accurate. We're ranked 28th most conservative in the country. You think, what? Texas? Red Texas? Well, they're not doing much that's good, I got to say. Our Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, we now call him Drunk Dem Dade because he acts like a Democrat. He was on the floor of the House of Representatives last week, leading from the podium, clearly drunk. I mean, when I say drunk, I don't mean tipsy. I mean, absolutely drunk, stone cold drunk and acting like a Democrat, killing all the Republican priorities, allowing the Democrats to kill those priorities. Yeah, that's drunk Dade, drunk Dem Dade feeling. So we call him drunk Dem Dade. 
And it's not bad enough. It's not enough for him that he killed a bunch of the Republican priorities like border security, education reform, election integrity, all of that stuff mostly wiped out in the state of Texas thanks to drunk Dem Dade, the speaker. But what happened last week got even worse. So he was clearly drunk. Millions of people saw the videos of him drunk. It was an embarrassment for the Texas House. And so you had Attorney General Ken Paxton, the single most effective Republican Attorney General in the United States of America, not just here in Texas, but against the Biden administration. He's led multiple coalitions on multiple uh, elect on multiple things that the Biden administration needs to be pushed back on one, multiple lawsuits against the Biden administration. Dade Phelan, he calls for Dade Phelan's resignation based on the fact that he's drunk on the floor of House of Representatives, seems highly appropriate. Dade Phelan immediately moves to impeach Ken Paxton. That's right. And he gets corrupt Republicans who are now the the Dade Dem Brigade, as I call them, drunk Dade, I can't even say all of it. Drunk Dem Dade Brigade steps up and a committee votes to impeach him, and there's going to be an impeachment vote. And since all the Democrats will vote for it, we'll get a few Republicans who are the uh, drunk Dem Dade Brigade will vote for it. And that will pass out of the House of Representatives, and we are going to see the most effective, most conservative, most uh, combative against the Biden administration attorney general in the country impeached. So you should care about that. You should reach out, look for the contact information from Drunk Dem Dade Phelan, the Speaker of the House. Watch this story develop. Go after, right to attack anybody and everybody who is participating in this travesty. And it matters to you because Attorney General Paxton is the point of the, of the spear in going after the Biden administration. So we got chaos on our hands here in Texas. We're going to be taking action. I am personally here in Texas. I know our team's really pissed off about it. So they're going to be in the fight. Okay, so that's the crisis in Texas. Here's a good crisis. Target stores are in crisis. Their stock is in free fall. They've lost over $9 billion in value. Why? Because they want to trans your kids because they've gone in all in with the alphabet soup of gender identity, gender insanity, and they are trying to impose this on your kids. And I don't know, Producer G, do we have a clip here on this one? I'd love to see a clip if you've got it. Retail giant Target began advertising gay pride products in early May, including items for trans women. Following intense pushback, the company decided to remove some of the items from stores. This comes as other businesses expand promotions and displays in association with the June Pride Month. From an Adidas ad showcasing a biological male wearing a women's swimsuit, to Target's items featuring slogans like Live Laugh Lesbian and clothing for babies and children, the marketing of Pride products abound. I was shopping at Target yesterday and this is what I've seen. People always say, don't push your agenda on people. Don't push your beliefs on people. But this ain't pushing your belief on people. They will say, this is just for the adults. This is baby clothes, kids clothes. This agenda is for everybody. Wake up. So look at that. I mean, seriously, for kids, onesies, gay onesies, homosexual onesies, really? Is that really what we want for our kids? I mean, maybe there's a few people who want that, but Target is just a mainstream store. And now you walk in the front of the stores and this is what you see. Gay pride products, including, by the way, tuck bathing suits. Now cover your ears if you're sensitive. Tuck bathing suits are one-piece bathing suits 
women's bathing suits, girls' bathing suits, tiny bathing suits meant for boys. That's right. So they can tuck their junk, so to speak. Now, I don't even know how to say this in a way that's not offensive, but it is disgusting. It's repulsive. And yeah, that's what Target's doing. So now emails have been released showing that their board is in a panic. They've lost $9 billion in stock value. They're moving some of the stuff from the front of the store to the back of the store. They pulled this stuff down offline. I just want to say this. It's not enough. It's not enough. And by the way, it will never be enough. And this is really important. We learned this lesson from the Bud Light crisis. I'm going to talk about that next. Once you boycott Target, here's the key. Never go back. Never, ever go back. Their stock value can't recover. Their sales can't recover. And when you're dealing with a retailer like this, they work on very narrow margins. If two to 4% of us leave the store, they go broke. They should go broke. Target should go out of business. You should be responsible for it. We can do this successfully. We've done it successfully with Bud, Heiser Light, or with Bud Light and with uh, Anheuser or now called Tranheiser Bush. Those sales will never come back. This should be the new brand of Target. Target, hey, look, this is what they've chosen to serve. They want to serve this trans movement. They want to trans your kids. Let that be their customer base. Their customer base should may be made up of people who like that stuff, but not you. Now, I know it's more inconvenient not to go to Target than it is not to buy Bud Light. But the reality is you can either support people who want to trans your kids and now they're talking about the George Floyd celebration or memorial that they're going to do. You can talk, you can talk about and you could support people who want to destroy your society, who want to impose racism, who hate the police, who want to defund the police, or you can choose not to. I want to tell you for me, we have a target. It's close by. It's convenient for me. That's the pharmacy I use. There's a CVS in Target. I'm not doing that anymore. That's the most convenient store for me. I'm not doing it anymore. They will not get my pharmacy business or any other business. I'm sorry, CVS. I know you weren't trying to trans the kids, but you're in the middle of a target. You're going to take incoming along with them. Look, we did this with Bud Light. Bud Light is still in crisis. Their stock is still down. Their sales continue to slide. Their beer is getting returned by distributors. And it's unbelievable. You could go to a baseball game. They're selling a few cans versus tens of thousands of other beers they're selling. I would say Bud Light's dead as a brand and you killed it and that's a good thing. You should do this and we should know, and this is really important, we know now that we can do it. Not only can we do it, but it's fun. It's fun to watch Bud Light suffering. You know, Bud Light, watch, by the way, I want you to watch this. Watch the ad from Bud Light or the, the partnership from Bud Light with Dylan Mulvaney. This is a dude, a guy, a man in a bathing suit, in a bathtub, Drinking Bud Light, pretending to be a girl. That's disgusting. I'm just going to be blunt. It's disgusting. It's vile. It's gross. It's offensive. And that's why people aren't buying Bud Light anymore. And they tried not apologizing for it, but stepping away from it. You know what that did? Yep. It made the people who want to trans your kids really mad. So now... The trans activists are mad, conservatives are mad, everybody's mad at Bud, and that's awesome. They can't get out of it. They're in the total pincher move from opposing sides. We need to do the same thing to Target. It's happening at Target. And I would add, you should do it to Adidas. You might not have caught this one because this was a little bit off the radar. You might not have caught this, but here's what Adidas is doing because look, they wanna trans everybody and trans the kids too. Again, this is a dude, note the hairy chest, and. Oh, I hate to even say this, but the inappropriate 
bulge in the bathing suit. There's a dude in a one-piece bathing suit. Ah, I just, it makes me want to poke out my mind's eye, but that's what they're doing. Look, I was a Nike fan for years. When Nike went all anti-American with Colin Kaepernick, I quit buying Nike. So I started buying Adidas because they had good products too. I'm not buying Adidas anymore. Time to burn the Adidas. I'm going to burn my Adidas. I encourage you to burn your Adidas too. Find another brand. Find a brand that's not anti-American. New Balance has American-made, some American-made stuff. So go look there somewhere else. I'm not doing it anymore. All right. Of course, no matter what, I don't necessarily want to, but I have to talk about the presidential election because that's the elephant in the room. A bunch of candidates declared now, right? So we got Nikki Haley. We got Asa Hutchinson. I don't know what to say about Asa Hutchinson. Most people, when I say Asa Hutchinson, say, who? Former governor of Kentucky who became famous as a Republican for, for not refusing to trans the kids. Me and my son have been trying to figure out what's the right nickname or slogan for the Hutchinson campaign. And I just, the best we can come up with is join us in the Hutch Hut where we'll trans your kids. No, just kidding. But that's, I mean, I don't know. Nobody's voting for Asa Hutchinson. Nikki Haley's in kind of bottom of the barrel as far as uh, her support level. When you look at the polls, uh, Nikki Haley has been apparently asked about convention of states, has said privately she supports it, has said if there were a convention uh, for term limits, uh, she would support that. So seemingly a supporter of convention of states. Love to see her come out and say it boldly. Vivek Ramaswamy, I got to tell you, everything that guy says publicly, I say right on. He is a convincing communicator. Does he have a chance to be president? I don't know. He's not polling very high. He's not a big name, but I love what the guy says. And on convention of states, he was unequivocally supportive of calling a convention of states, unequivocally supportive of COS. So he has that going for him. Then we have to talk about the the uh, one of the newest entrants, which is Tim Scott. Uh, Tim Scott in the race. I think he's you know he's a different slice of the pie. He's a softer Republican. I don't necessarily like the softness, but I think he's going to appeal to some people. Uh, that might not like Trump's hard edge or the hardcore conservatism of Ron DeSantis. Of course, then you've got the elephants in the room, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. I saw Ron DeSantis speak at National Religious Broadcasters. I thought he gave a solid speech. Here's how I, I compare those two guys, right? Donald Trump, if you like somebody who brings the heat, who's going to flamethrow, who's going to melt people down like he did at that CNN town hall. And I thought that was excellent and well done. And it's always exciting to see that. Then Donald Trump's your guy. And Donald Trump, I have to say, the most conservative American president in my lifetime. I love Ronald Reagan. I love the way he spoke. I love what he did. But did he accomplish as much as Donald Trump? Probably not. And Donald Trump would have accomplished more had the deep state not tried to undercut him. So I mean, we do have to say that the deep state and they limited what he could do. Would he do more the next time around? Well, the deep state will be just as against him. But if you want the flamethrower, the all in, the bomb thrower, the hand grenade tosser, that's Donald Trump. And obviously he's continuing to do that. I don't love his attacks on Ron DeSantis, I got to say, because I also like Ron DeSantis. I got to see him speak at NRB. He brought the receipts. He went through the conservative checklist of the things that you and I would want to see pro-life stuff uh, against all the gender madness, against all the woke madness, against Disney. I like that he's against Disney. I think all of this stuff is good. He went down the checklist at NRB, gave a very solid speech. 
DeSantis, Trump, I know people are super emotional about it. I'm not going to weigh in emotionally like that. I'm going to watch these guys fight it out. I think the primary is a good thing. I think it makes all of them sharpen them skills and their skills and prepare for any attacks to come. We're going to need the very best conservative who is electable, and that's important, to make it into the White House if we're going to reverse the decline of this country. So that's kind of my read on the presidential race right now. I know. All right, I'm going to do something that's going to be controversial. I said I wasn't going to endorse and I'm not going to endorse, but I will predict, I will predict who's going to win the 2024 election, the presidential election. Not just the primary, but the whole election. Are you ready? Producer G, drum roll, please. And the winner is Washington, D.C. Yeah, I'm not kidding. See, Winston came in to say he agrees with that. It's going to be Washington, D.C. wins the election because honestly, Trump, DeSantis, it doesn't matter. Biden, it doesn't matter in the sense, I'm not saying it doesn't matter who wins. I'm saying in the sense, D.C. is going to get bigger. D.C. is going to grow. D.C. grew under Donald Trump. D.C. grew under Ronald Reagan. D.C. has grown under every president in all of American history with the exception of Calvin Coolidge. That's it. Since Washington all the way through to Biden, every administration grows D.C. When D.C. gets bigger, you get smaller. When D.C. gets bigger, the state's power gets smaller. And that's what we have. So you got to call a convention of states. That's what we've got to do. It is the solution. All right, one more thing. I mentioned the deep state and how the deep state is going to be engaged in the election and how we've got to limit the deep state and only you can do that through a convention of states. Well, we're watching the story continue to grow, the FBI and Biden corruption intersecting. I say intersecting. It's basically one and the same at this point, right? They have a totally symbiotic relationship. I mean, we're seeing this from whistleblowers at the IRS. We're seeing it from the FBI slow walking other investigations. We're seeing it from the FBI tamping down and the DOD tamping down on the Biden investigations. There's total deep rooted corruption at the FBI. I said this early on with the FBI. I said it about the IRS. I'm going to say it again. Some people thought it was too radical. Hopefully, maybe not now. We got to end the IRS and we got to end the FBI. Those are agencies that need to go away. The IRS, frankly, that's freaking easy. We should have a very simple flat tax in this country. Everybody has skin in the game. Instead of just the top 1% paying everything, everybody gets skin in the game. Those who make more, pay more. I actually like that. You have a postcard you fill out. You do that, you pay your income taxes, and then it's all done. Another way is a fair tax. I know some people like that better. It's a consumption tax. It's simply a national sales tax. You get rid of all the other taxes. I don't know if I like that one as much, but at least it's more fair. Something that's super simple that we don't need an IRS to collect your taxes. Maybe it's one dude in an office building somewhere, and that would allow us, and I, I think this is needed. The FBI needs to be literally just raised. All of those people need to be terminated from the top down. If maybe we need a new agency, maybe we can parse out their necessary functions, which are few and far between. But I would say end the IRS, end the FBI. Radical? No. Practical, that's what needs to be done. The way to do it is elect the right people, but also to call a convention of states. So what's going on with convention of states? What is a convention of states? The convention of states is something that's in the constitution. It's in article five. It says that when two thirds of states want to gather, they pass resolutions in their own states and they do that. And when they pass those resolutions, they're calling for a convention of states to discuss three things. Anything that would impose term limits on the federal government, that would include on Congress, but also the judiciary 
and of course the deep state. They can do anything that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, like a balanced budget amendment, cap, uh, tax caps, and spending caps, which the federal government will never do to itself. We're gonna have to do that. And then most importantly, they can impose scope and jurisdiction restrictions on the federal government. This, this is really important. In other words, saying you can't be involved in energy or healthcare or the environment or all the things that they were never intended to be involved in. We're gonna take that power away from the federal government. We're gonna give it back to the people and the states where it always belonged. All right, uh, what's up with getting to a convention of states? It takes 34 states to call. So far, 19 states have officially been entered in the record books as having done so. I think Kansas actually already did so. They got a simple majority in their House and Senate. That's all it takes. That's going to have to be litigated. They put some extra restrictions on it in Kansas. Those are unconstitutional under the Supremacy Clause of the United States Constitution. So I'm counting Kansas is number 20. North Carolina on the move right now. The House has already passed it. The Senate's considering it. I'm going to encourage you guys, if you're in North Carolina, call your senators right now. Tell them to call for a convention of states. That's going to be number 21. All right, we have some questions here. Uh, Carol Petruzowitz asks, uh, it's great to have investigations, but what are the results? Look, I agree with you. Is I don't get so excited about these investigations because we never get anything out of them. Carol says people should be impeached, jailed, and are not. The only way the true American voice will be heard is when we use Article 5 and restore the original intent of the Founding Fathers. I agree with that. I wish that Congress would be stronger. They should use their contempt powers. Christopher Wray should be in jail right now. He's refused to produce documents on the Biden scandal. But I, you know, Carol, I hate to say it. People don't do it. Congress doesn't have the spine. So let's see if they get the spine. Uh, Ruth Dietrich asked, what is COS? I think I already answered that. Tina Liberty, and I love your name, Tina. I wish my last name was Liberty. How cool is that? Why is treason not on the table for the entire administration? If you look at the definition of treason, I'm not going to get into the legal nuance here, but it really doesn't fit the definition of treason uh, unless we can prove they're acting in the interest of a foreign power against the interests of the United States. If we can show that, like maybe vis-a-vis -vis Biden uh, and taking money from China, that's possible then a treason charge would lie. But we throw around that treason word a little bit too loosely. So go ahead and look up the actual legal definition of treason. Paul Baker asked, can we get term limits and pay cuts for Congress? Absolutely. You can get that from a convention of states. Mary Lipinski says, our nation is facing tyranny like never before. What's being done? How do we fight back? And the way we fight back is, one, we get engaged in the elections. And by the way, when I say the elections, I don't just mean federal elections. I mean your school board elections, your city council elections, your county board elections, elections for uh, bonds, right? Um, improving bonds or not approving bonds. And all of these things, all the way up into your state legislature, your attorney general, your secretary of state, your governor, all of them matter all the way on up to the federal government and the presidency. So Mary, the main thing is you and your friends and your family get involved at the local level. All right, we're gonna close out with this, which is this weekend, obviously we celebrate Memorial Day. One of the things about Memorial Day that is really odd to me is it's become this sort of, that's an exciting holiday. And it's really not supposed to be an exciting holiday. I know you're gonna barbecue and uh, you know, you're gonna have hot dogs and drink some beer and all that stuff, sit out by the pool. It's the beginning of summer, but the most important thing that we do on Memorial Day is we remember, we memorialize. And what we're memorializing, what we're remembering are those who've given all, those who lost their lives in the service of our country. 
And so at least part of this Memorial Day, at least part of your celebration, maybe even when you're sitting outside and you're barbecuing with friends and family, that you would stop that celebration and you would have a moment or a moment or a few minutes of silence in honor of those who've given all. You know, if you're a gold star family and, and you had a loved one who gave all, <clears throat> it's not a celebratory day. It's a day where you remember. It's a day where there's a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty. And I think we should also remember to pray for those families, those who are still living, those who at their Memorial Day picnic might have an empty chair that reminds them of their dad or father or grandfather, or uncle or sister or brother, who are willing to give the full measure, who pledged their life, their fortune, and their sacred honor, who signed on the dotted line, who signed that blood oath, saying that when the time comes and I am called, I am willing to go and fight. There are a lot of them. Many of them are buried at Arlington. And so when you go out and you celebrate, and I hope that you do celebrate, I'm not criticizing the celebration, I hope that you will remember that Memorial Day is also about really primarily about memorializing those who have given all. To the families out there who've suffered such a loss, God bless you. May God comfort you. May God give you the peace that only he can provide. And may the rest of us remember and be thankful for your sacrifice. God bless all of you. We may or may not take a summer hiatus here. So let us know what you think about us taking a summer hiatus. Would you miss the battle cry if we're not here every Sunday? Let us know. We're thinking about revamping the show, exactly what we want to do. Your input matters to us. So please write to us. Uh, Producer G will put up where you can write to us or send us video commentary. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time on the battle. This has been the podcast version of the battle cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.